0: Ah, Good morning. Glad that you chose to be with us today. Welcome. You know, it's that song, this uh, I want to love you from the inside out, this idea that we, we take in God's love and we let it reverberate inside of us so much that it just comes out to other people you know, like Dean with Elise in the story, or like, like others that have done throughout the years and centuries, and, and maybe even you, that it's this love from God that, that we are to take in and to give out uh, to our neighbors, as Jesus challenged us in the story of the Good Samaritan. You know the story. It's Luke chapter 10. Uh, Jesus is having his ministry, and he's going about, and and, and he's creating quite a ruckus in the religious right because he's not quite following their rules. He's following God's rules, but not the extra rules that these uh, lawyers in the Levitical law and others have put to task. And, and, and so, in on one occasion in Luke chapter 10, verse 25, a lawyer in the Levitical law uh, asks him a question, hoping to trip him up and says to him, basically, uh, this is not word for word, but just the interpretation of this is that he says, Jesus, what must a person do, what must I do to be the best that I can be according to God's law? What is it that I need to do to inherit eternal life, to live now like I'm living in heaven? What do I need to do? And Jesus being the, the... the great teacher and leader that he is, he says to the lawyer, uh, well, what does the law say? Oh, and the lawyer is all excited. You know, I know the law. And so he quotes the law. You know, you love the love Lord your God with all your heart, mind, body, and soul. And the love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus says, you've answered correctly. Go and do it. And he goes, well, uh, you know, the lawyer doesn't have anything to hang on. Now I can't trap him in anything. Uh, let me think of another question maybe he's saying. And so he says, well, then Who is my neighbor? And Jesus, as he does so often, he comes up and he tells a story, a, a story with a purpose, a story with a meaning, a parable. And he tells, about a, he, he tells a story of, of, a, of a man on the Jericho Road. Now, everybody knew that the Jericho Road was treacherous. I mean, you know, in the, in the Jerusalem Times, there was always an article, you know, police blotter, things that happened on the Jericho Road. And so everybody knew this was a, not a nice story road to travel. And so the people listening to this story could, were right there with Jesus. Yeah, we know about the Jericho road. Well, he says, a man was traveling on the Jericho road and came upon robbers. They beat him within an inch of his life, stripped him of all his money and most of his clothes and left him to die. Well, on this road coming from Jerusalem to Jericho, is a priest. And they're going, yeah, the priest, he'll know what to do. He's really good at understanding all of the things of God. He leads people to God, this priest does. He's dedicated to God. He'll do what's right. Well, Jesus says the priest sees the man lying on the road, maybe even in his own blood, and, and steps on the other side of the road and walks on. Uh, well, uh, a Levite comes up. Uh, uh, from the uh, order of Levites, these, these uh helpers to the priests who would come and aid you in worship when you go to the temple. They would help you handle your goat or your turtle doves or whatever you needed to do to sacrifice or or help you in understanding what to do in worship. They are great helps in understanding how people should get to God and travel to God. And yes, okay, now this Levite, they're the ones that are gonna help this poor man. Jesus tells a story. The Levite comes up, sees the man lying there and again, steps on the other side of the road and walks on. He says, then a Samaritan shows up. And people are going, oh man, what's a Samaritan going to do? There's such angst between Jews and Samaritans. The Samaritan's probably going to come and kick the guy until making sure he's dead or spit on him or worse. No, but the Samaritan sees the guy lying there, stops, bandages his wounds, pours oil and wine on them and wraps them up, puts him on his donkey, carries him to the inn takes care of him all that night and then gives the, the innkeeper more money as he has to travel off to do something else. And he says, when I come back, I'm going to give you more money that you need to be able to help you because that's what we're supposed to do. Jesus says to the, to the lawyer, who is the one that showed mercy? Who is the real neighbor to this uh, one who's stripped and laying on the side of the road? And the lawyer says, well, it's the, the one who helped him. And Jesus said, that's it. That's your neighbor. Go and do that to your neighbor. It's a story that Jesus was trying to get across that we are to help and have extreme compassion to those around us. And we started looking at the story last week. We were challenged to make a difference to those in need and refuse to buy into the world's notion that does nothing, this bystander effect that sees people lying there and we cross on the other side of the road. We don't want to help. We were challenged by a a, a song last week that that challenged us with the call of compassion, the cost of compassion. Check this out and see if it reminds you of what we talked about last week. God desires for us so that we would refuse to just do nothing. We would actually get up and do something because this world needs us. And God has placed this church and you and the community that you're in to be able to help those in need around us. That's our call. That's why we're here, to be able to help and to encourage and to, to love those people around us. God has and will use people like you and me if we care and carry the care of Christ and be consistent in our care with Him. He wants us to be the good Samaritan to our beaten and battered world. And all through time, even in the news today, God's people, Christians, have been bringing help. They've been giving aid, food, water, medical help, emotional help, spiritual help to the needy all over our world. And we believers in Christ are making an impact. Organizations and charities like World Vision, Mother Teresa's Sisters of Charity, the Salvation Army, Mercy Ships, Bread of the World, World Relief, Food for the Hungry, and we can go on and on. There are soup kitchens and, and thrift stores and ministries in every community because Christians are making a difference. And even one of this nation's godly values that is still practiced is to give aid to hurting countries. You see, when there's a natural disaster or an issue, the United States is the first to arrive. Other countries just step on the other side of the road and walk on. Not all, but some. And yet, wherever God's people are, there is a willingness to care like Christ. Christianity has shaped our world, and people are helped. And yet there is so much more to do right here at home, like in Cyprus and Buena Park and Anaheim and Stanton and Garden Grove and La Palma and Cerritos and Long Beach and Lakewood and Hawaiian Gardens and Los Alamitos and Seal Beach and all the rings of communities that surround our church. Jesus is calling us to ministries of mercy, to extend extreme compassion. But the question comes, how do we care? How do we remain consistent and refuse to give in to that walking by? Well, another look at this incredible parable reveals how and some practical ways to reach deep and to live with extreme compassion. So if you wouldn't mind just standing one more time with me and let's pray. Father, we've come before you this morning to look into your word once again in the story that you gave. And, And Father, we pray that we would not walk on the other side of this teaching, that we would actually embrace it and, and even consider ourselves what we need to do to be like the Good Samaritan. Help us, Father, we pray this in your Son's name. Amen. You may have a seat, and I encourage you to take out the worship folder that you were given as you walked in here. Inside there, there's an outline to fill out. There's some blanks. The answers will be up on the screen. I also encourage you to write down a lot of the other verses that we're going to go through this morning because... You can take this and study it afterwards. It will really help as you go through that. But first, let's look, as we seek to have this extreme uh, compassion, uh, two ways, the the care of compassion and the consistency of compassion. The first one is the care of compassion. and, And let's look at how do we care like this Good Samaritan, two ways. The first is what Scripture has been teaching all along, to love. Leviticus 9.18 says, Do not seek revenge and bear a grudge against one, uh, one of your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, to love is to love your neighbor as yourself. As the, the lawyer responds to Jesus uh, in Luke chapter 10, on what does it take to be a true follower of God, he says this, Luke 10.27, He answered, this lawyer answered, Love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your strength and with all of your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus affirms that the idea that we are to care is to show love by teaching this parable. That we are to love our neighbor as ourselves. If you want to find that exact wording, love your neighbor as yourself, write down these verses. Romans chapter 13, verse 9. Galatians chapter 5, verse 14, James chapter 2, verse 8. All of those say, love your neighbor as yourself. To love. Now love here is not just a ooey gooey feeling that you happen to fall into, it's an action. That we are to actually love in action. See, love is not a feeling to be felt. Love is an action to be taken. Love is something we do. It's a choice to act a loving way towards another person. If you want to know where to find that, write down 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 to 8. It's the love chapter. (laughs) Love is patient. Love is kind. And you can go all the way through there and look at it. It's how God loves us, and we're to love other people in that same way. That same love that we should have between friendships and marriages and all of that. It's that that wonderful love. We are to love like we love ourselves. Now, most of us are fairly good at loving ourselves. (laughs) We, uh, We look out for our own needs, our own wants, our own desires. We spend a lot of resources, time and money on ourselves and invest a lot to make ourselves Better. And though some struggle with self-esteem and neglect areas of self, we do love ourselves. Most of us today got sleep. Most of us washed up, put on nice clothes. Some sprayed and applied a little foo-foo. Some of you groomed. Some of you ate, maybe even exercised this morning. But we care for and have compassion on ourself. And God is calling us to have that same care and compassion on others. In other words, to be attentive to others' needs and generously act. We don't do the minimum with us. We tend to do the maximum, and we're to do that same with others. This Samaritan didn't do just the minimum. Even in this wonderful culture of, of hospitality uh, that was back then where you'd invite strangers into your home and help most people on the street, this Samaritan went over and above the call, even over above Levitical law went over and above to help this poor soul that had been accosted by robbers. So we're to be attentive to those in need and to choose to love generously, to love like Jesus. Jesus who gave to the undeserving. You see, we, sometimes we think when we, we're trying to be nice to somebody that we shouldn't be nice because you know, they don't deserve it. They got themselves into that mess anyways. They don't need our help. They would just abuse it anyways. But yet, we need to love like Jesus who gives to those who would abuse it. How many of us have abused God's grace? We are to love like Jesus who loves and gives sacrificially. We're going to be celebrating communion in a moment which commemorates the fact that Christ paid the ultimate sacrifice for our sin. You see, we as human beings uh, were born with a a bad condition it's this sinful condition that we're born in. it's part of our dna and we add to it all through our lives and it has created this great chasm between us and god this enmity even this strife between us and god yes he loves us but he also hates sin and we are just fully engulfed in it i'm kind of even playing in it And it's part of our life, and it's created such a distance between us and God that though we try all that we can to go to church and be the good Samaritan and give money and help out and study the Bible and memorize it and all the good Bible studies, it doesn't take care of that sin. It helps us be a better person, but it does not take care of that sin. There's only one way to deal with that sin. Jesus is the only way. He's the one who who bridged the gap through his death. When he died on the cross, he paid the penalty for our sin, And because of that death on the cross, he now bridges that gap between us and God. And God no longer sees our our sin, but he sees his perfect son in our life. And how we benefit from that or how we believe that is not just simply an intellectual understanding of the fact that Christ died for our sin. It is a belief, a belief that moves us to action. It moves us to a confession, a confession that we're sinful. It's a confession that we need a savior and it's a confession that Christ is that Savior. And then it's a commitment to live life His way. That's what belief means. You see, the Bible says even, even the demons believe they have intellectual understanding of what Jesus did on the cross, way more than we do. But they don't really believe. They haven't really embraced the truth of what Christ did on the cross. Because they haven't confessed their sin. They haven't come to that place where they confessed Christ as their Savior. And they haven't confessed and lived life His way. When we do that, we take in the love of God, and it just permeates our life so much now that we are to, to love others with that same love, the same kind of love that Christ loved us with. We are to love others. And so will you love your neighbor like you love yourself? That's how we care, is to love. As well, how we show care, the care of compassion, is to see. Look at your Bible. Open it up, to, if you haven't already done so, to Luke chapter 10, verse 25, but look now down to verse 31. It says, a priest happened to be going down the same road when he saw the man and passed by on the the other side. So too, a Levite, verse 32, when he came to the place and saw him pass by on the other side, but a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. And we know the rest of the story. He helped out. He saw the man. You see, the priest had a, a view of the guy, but did nothing with that view. It's like that o- opening music video that we saw. You know, that the guy passed by all those people. He never saw them. It wasn't until he began to recount that he doesn't want to be like everybody else and not care. And he saw the homeless man, saw the single mom, saw the widow saw the young boy who needed a mentor. See, we need to see. The priests should have seen. The Levites should have seen. They were trained seers. Not the mystical seers. (laughs) (laughs) But they were trained to to view that. All of Levitical law trains you to be a help. And yet, they didn't. This unlikely soul did. You see, to see is to notice, to pay attention enough to get what's going on or to, to get what's happening, to see the need. Now, I, I'm sure you're, you guys are pretty good, attentive people. Let's see if you've passed this test. Check this out.
1: How good are your powers of observation? How many passes do the players in white make? attention. If you said 13, congratulations. But did you notice the cheerleader doing backflips? This awareness test brought to you by The Mentalist. Watch closely. Yeah, the
0: first time through, how many of you saw the cheerleader? Oh, a few of you. Okay. Liars. Yeah. <laughs> we tend to see what we feel is important. Uh, and we tend not to see what's important, what's unimportant. Um, if we look for a way to help people and to care for people, we will begin to notice needs. If not, we won't see them. Like the, the, that opening video, he didn't see it first, but then he saw. Uh, you know, it, it's like coming to church. Uh, what are you really looking for? You know, some come, man, I can't wait to hobnob with somebody really important so I can feel important about myself. (laughs) Some come, you know, I wonder who can meet my need. You know, some come, hey, how can I meet needs? And the, the seeing the way that God wants us to look is how can we meet needs? Now, sure, we need to get help when we need help. And we should look for that as well. But that's why you go to the doctor and go to get help and sometimes come to church in that way, and that's fine. But we also need to help other people and to have eyes that see Eyes like Jesus. And in Matthew 9, 36, it says, When he, Jesus, saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. That word compassion, it's a, it's a deep mi- word meaning that he hurt so bad he, he doubled over in pain because he cared so much. But when Jesus saw, he didn't just see people, he saw sheep without a shepherd. He saw people who were harassed. What do you see when you look at people? Oh, just another bother. Oh, just, you know, what do they want from me? Oh, or do you see the the hurting sign of the struggle that they're going through? I love the conversation that uh, Elise and Dean had on that plane. She was just looking for some company to talk about what was going on, but but Dean went deeper, and he saw the sign over her head that said, it wasn't really there, it was just, he saw that, that said, grandma scared don't know what to do and so he sought to help we need to see we need to have eyes like christ will you see people like jesus and refuse to step on the other side of the road so to care is to love and to see but how then do we choose the consistency of compassion let's look again at how jesus challenged the lawyer and how he challenges us after the parable jesus asked the lawyer. Which of the three is the true neighbor? And and the lawyer responded in verse 37 of Luke 10. He says, the expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him, mercy meaning having compassion, the one who actually did something, and Jesus told him, go and do likewise. Two very important words for us to be consistent with compassion, to go and to do. The word go means here as you go, to continue as you go. So to keep compassionate as you journey through life. Don't stop being compassion, compassionate. Keep being compassionate. Keep seeing and loving. Practice it enough that it becomes like second nature. Make it a good habit that you keep perfecting over time. There's something that breaks our consistency. It's when we don't follow God's guidelines of life, and the, the priest is a good example of that in our story. Here a guy uh, who was dedicated his life to God and should have known what to do. Levitical law told him what to do. In, in, in verse 16 of Leviticus 19, it says, Do not go about spreading slander among your people. Do not do anything that would endanger your neighbor's life. So this priest should have known that if the person's half dead, I am required to go help out. And There's other laws that tell that. Because I, if, I, if, I, if I leave him, he's certainly going to die. And if he was dead, there's other Levitical laws that says that the priest is supposed to take care of the dead bodies. So he chose to ignore God's way of life altogether and just simply step on the other side of life. If you want to care consistently and you want to be a good Samaritan and have extreme compassion, then follow God's way of life. It's written in his word how we should live. There's great practical things to do if we just open it up and expand on it and understand it in our heart and mind. The biblical code of ethics helps us. When we follow God's way of life, we will continue to care, continue to do the right thing. So as we live life God's way, go, practice compassion and practice mercy. The next word to practice is to do. The word literally means to make happen. We are to make mercy happen. It's that initiating part of when we see an opportunity, we should make mercy happen. That's what we should do. Don't just think about it. Don't just talk about it. Don't just watch others do it, but us do it. To take the action, to take the strides towards some way of help to do something. Yet there is one part of being active that breaks consistency is when we're so active we're doing so many things that we don't have time to see or to to love the both the priest and the levite were living lives following god as best as they could so they were doing their duties and maybe they were so into their duties that they were burnt out that they just could not help Or maybe they had gotten such in a rut that they could only do or see the things that they had already decided they would do. You know, we go to church, we go to Bible study, we go to small group, we get involved in a ministry, we do that choose-the-life, we volunteer. And soon we're doing so much we don't have time to really see or love. Or we get so wrapped up in our own life, the own busyness of our own life, packing in this and that and the next thing. We see it just as another task, so we step on the other side. The key here is to keep life in balance. Write down somewhere in your notes, Matthew six, thirty-three and thirty-four. Uh, the verse we talk about a lot here around here is called seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. In other words, seek first God's priorities and God's purposes. And it says, the, the verse says that if we do that, seek him first and everything else will fall into its place. Because if you read the context of that verse, that's the in the verses before that, uh, the disciples are all worried about their life, what they should do, eat, drink, how they should deal with life, serving God, living life God's way. It's to seek God first. It also takes time where we pull away and recalibrate our lives. And in the next couple of weeks, I'll be talking about this concept of Sabbath. shouldn't be new to any of us. It's a scriptural, and we'll talk about that as Luke brings it out and then delve into it a little bit more. But we are to go and to do. Now, both of these are written in a command form, meaning it is something that Christians are supposed to practice. So go and do. See, this world desperately needs God's love right in your neighborhood, right maybe next door to you, maybe even in your own home. And God has placed you there, one of his ministers of compassion, ministers of mercy. He's placed in your home, in your neighborhood, in your work, in your school, in your club, in your sports thing, whatever it is, wherever you are, whatever circle, God has placed you there to be that minister of compassion, to extend extreme compassion. Let's reach deep and extend that extreme compassion to others, to care by loving and seeing people and to be consistent as we go and do. Will you? See, not only individually, but as a church, we're seeking to expand our compassion ministry. And we can't do it without people stepping up for leadership. And right now there's opportunities and we need leaders. So maybe God is calling you into that. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for the opportunity to look into your word and be challenged once again by this story of the the Good Samaritan. Father, we are challenged and blessed and uh, encouraged to reach out with compassion. Help us refuse to give in to the temptation to walk on the other side but to listen to you and to move how you want us to move as we move forward seeking to love those around us. Thank you for this opportunity to look into your word, we pray in your son's name, amen. You know, one of the examples of, uh, um, of people stepping out and, and really seeking to be used of God in, in a compassion sense has been a lot of our ministries and missionaries that have head out this summer, and many of them are back in here.